Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Welcome to Neon Twilight with your host, Solaris Blue Raven. Uh, we have a great topic we're going to be talking on tonight, at least starting out with. And uh, it's, it's a topic that Solaris and I are asked about quite often. Um, I guess that's assuming we're experts in the field, but let me bring her on. Solaris, welcome to your show. <laughs> well, thank you, Barbara. It's a pleasure to be here um, again and communicate. It, 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 you know, it's it's a highlight of my month, to be honest with you. And I'm flattered. I'm I, honored, actually. And likewise, I enjoy it too. So it's our fun time. And and I actually learn stuff too. That's that's even better. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the topic tonight is is relationships and spirituality. And as a sensitive or an empath, um, and and you as well, being in, in the same field. Um, it's a question we get asked almost guaranteed when somebody finds out that, that we're sensitive or intuitive or whatever. They ask about their love life and they ask about relationships. And it's a topic that, that everybody seems focused on, and rightly so, I guess. But I, I think we've never actually addressed it on the show. And I think it's a great mm-hmm. idea to do that. I think so, too. Yeah. Where do you want to start? Um, Well, I think the many faces of love, actually, because Mm -hmm. love does have a lot of faces. Um, And I bet we could name a dozen or or more. I mean, love of family, love of country, love of um, friends, love of home, love of food, um, love of... um, Mm You know, I mean, there, there's we we use that that four letter word so frequently. I think it it loses a lot of its um, 
a lot of it's power because of it. You mm-hmm. know, I you know I love avocados. Well, my feeling for an avocado is very different from my feeling for a good friend or 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 a partner. So mm-hmm. I think that sometimes we get confused with the word and the concept, and sometimes people use it as a bargaining chip, you know, I'll love you if. Mm-hmm. And, right. and so how do people determine just what kind of love? I mean, I've loved some people in the same way I love my animals. I, I think they're dumber than, than whatever, and, and I just love them because, um, you know, they they hang around me. Now, that's some friends, and it's also my cats. So, mm-hmm. you know, how do you determine what kind of love it is we're talking when people say, oh, I felt, you know, it was love at first sight. Was it really love or was it lust? I mean, you know, how do you right. tell the difference? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think a lot of the time love's been used, it's kind of been co-opted in the sense of being generic now. I think that's the biggest problem we're running into. So when people say they love this and that, it's just it doesn't have any value energetically, in my opinion. I don't think there's a real emotional compassion or something very, very um, deep at the heart level or the soul level. This is my observation of it. So I think uh, that needs to be changed at some point. What would you? What term would you use instead of love when you have deep feelings for mm. someone that they have earned? And and you know it, it's 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 an aspect I think that I think true love is, and earned is probably not, not the right word, but over time, true love does evolve out of friendship. Um, mm-hmm. So so that there is a curve of I, I you know the cloud of ring. I love the cloud of rings because they represent friendship, love, and loyalty, and you know those three things go together and they create an energetic that is just profoundly amazing but to call mm-hmm. it love doesn't doesn't explain the totality of the feeling so what what term would you use yeah that's a good question again uh, you know some people say they care and I, I i think that's kind of empty too to be honest with you so i think the the generic version of love really is something that's universal in a sense people if they relay that data to somebody, if they relay that, that communication of love, I love this person, or I love that, then it makes the other person feel better, I'm sure. So, But I don't really think it's the solution either, because to me it doesn't seem like it's it, – it still doesn't have that deep soul-spirit connection when they're utilizing the word. So, yeah, it's very interesting, but that's how society has adapted. I mean, we just use terminology that kind of has, has lost its luster or value. Yeah, and when you when you think about – <clears throat> the source of all creation is unconditional love. And unconditional love means just that. And I don't know that mm-hmm. humans are are capable of unconditional love. That that means no conditions. That means I can love you to mm-hmm. pieces, but you don't have to love me, and that's okay because I'm still happy. And I don't know many people who can say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. That's another and, one that's kind know, of interesting. Un- unconditional means, you know, 
if one of us is Republican and one is Democrat, that's okay. We still love each other. We just don't talk politics. I mean, you well, know. It, people it, don't it, act like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love you unconditionally, right. even though you're a jerk. You know, I mean, you know, how does that work? I mean, yeah, I agree. I think it's once again, it's it's words words that don't have value in a sense. They're kind of generic. They they sound good, but in my opinion, they're really not the right word to use in situations like that. There's universal love. I mean, that's kind of an infinite love, and I kind of correlate uh-huh. that to the same to some degree. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's a really good topic in the sense of how do you really go deep and define those perimeters for love and how it. I think love is a spirit, soul, energy. Yeah, cosmic, right. like a cosmic force. And I think, you know, and, and this is my own personal opinion, but I believe that you cannot possibly love another person unless you love yourself first. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. And Self-love I, I is a big many, deal. Oh, gosh, yeah. And I don't know how many times I've heard people say, well... I'm strong where he's weak and he's strong where I'm weak and we make a good couple because together we make a complete person. Well, that's not what love is. Mm-hmm. That, that's two, um, two codependent people getting together and trying to survive. And there's nothing wrong yep. with that if that's their thing. That, that, but, you know, I, I wanted to see if we couldn't hash out something that we could give to people that would give them some idea as to just what love really is. Um, right. You know, the the poets have certainly gone extreme with it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's lovely and the words are beautiful, but, but, but love is not a word. Love is a feeling. Mm-hmm. And right. it feels to me as though you have to incorporate the spirituality into it in order for it, it for the word to have any meaning. And I, mm-hmm. I think oh, that yeah. that's that's where I I kind of am trying to explain the concept of love because it it, it isn't a word; it's a feeling, and and you need to have the spiritual aspect of it working in concert with the physical aspect of it in order to really have a gift to share with another person. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a very good definition. Yes, me. Because it is something you feel and then soul to soul, spirit to spirit. And you just have that gnosis too that correlates to the gnosis. But it's also, in my opinion, people who have done a lot of spiritual work on themselves tend to be able to dial into that, that deep love a lot easier, in my opinion, than, than those who haven't. And once again, you were you were talking about how some people aren't fulfilled; they have to fulfill themselves through other other people, and I think that's wrong. You know, you have to you have to heal your body on all levels of your being, and you and go into that level where you are full and complete unto yourself, and then you can expand into relationships where they're balanced. So I don't think people do that because I think it's once again it boils down to spiritual path working and going into deeper levels of your divinity, and then you get that emotional content connected to higher consciousness at least that's the way it seems for me yeah it just it seems that that if you truly have a loving relationship there is a sense of of even um telepathic connection Mm -hmm. but but i don't think 
many people and, and and you know many people love their partners and they're very happy and and you know uh, you know that's wonderful um i think what we're 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 struggling here tonight with is the concept of okay so if you want to take that love another step where do you go you don't have to if you're content mm-hmm. and and you're blissful at the, then you're perfect where you are but Mm-hmm. But there, there, there are there are always other levels you can ascend to, if you so desire. And if both people don't want to do it, that's okay. If you're happy, that's fine. Um, but, but the first love has to be to the self. And and if you feel mm-hmm. incomplete, if you feel there's something missing, then you should seek it. But you don't seek it in another person. You seek it in yourself. And that's where I think some people. Um, Veer off the path, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I agree. And there, there is that chemistry that goes on with relationships. You know, there's a fire that connects in, and you know, sometimes it's spirit based, and sometimes it's just chemistry is really powerful. But that also fuels uh-huh. the spirit and the soul, in my opinion. So all those things can be combined into into the relationship itself. And, and you know, and sometimes you can have. Um, you can you can be where you're, you're supposed to be, and the other person isn't, and you ch- you still try to make it work, and and it doesn't work. Um, mm-hmm. I've had two marriages, both of which ended in divorce, and um, as I look back on them, I I really, you know, I can't I I can't analyze or criticize the other person because of course they were on their own journey, but I can look at me and. I can see how I was not as complete as I should have been. I had a lot of growing to do, and and I couldn't grow in that kind of a relationship because I wasn't about to become the person they wanted me to be. And, you know, it's um, not blaming anybody, just saying that, that I was on a spiritual journey and I would get to a certain place and I would realize this, you know, this isn't working for me. Um, it's mm-hmm. not that they were bad people. They just weren't the right people to be with and, and to be able to grow. So for me, especially at times of a lot of growth, um, it was more important to be alone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my my sense. last relationship, you know, he died. So, you know, there was no problem there. I mean, I wouldn't have killed him or divorced him, but, you know, it just... It's the way it worked. But I, mm-hmm. I do think that, that the spiritual journey is a solitary one. And if you can find someone who is doing their own journeying, um, not, in the, not in the exact same way, but their own journeying so that you respect other people's space, um, that, that, that's a good place to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm, be- yeah, I I'm beginning agree. to think... I'm beginning to, to, to even, of course, I'm older now, so I understand that marriage is important when you have children and stuff like that, but to have a relationship that is spiritually and physically complete doesn't require a certificate from the government to say that you can be together. Mm-hmm. So Very true. I, I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm not. I'm not down on marriage. I think lots of people, you know, do it and need it and enjoy it and are happy in it, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But 
I'm, I'm looking at what, what are the relationships that, that go into these places. Right. And, and, and do people continue to grow? And, and in my mind, if you are not growing, there's no point in being here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. A lot of times they get in a rut too. Marriages, they just, uh, you know, they just kind of float along. You know, they get in their little habits, and and that sort of thing continues on and on. And I think nowadays, especially, it seems like there's more of a contract with relationships. It's more about money and business. It's more of a business contract and less true love. At least that's what I've observed. Not with everybody, but quite a few. And and uh-huh. even with children, I mean, everything seems like an investment. It's very very interesting looking at it from afar. You know, just kind of observing it. But, yeah, I think that once the relationship, uh, either one side or the other, if it's not in resonance, then something's going to fall away, in my opinion, and eventually the marriage will dissolve. That's just the way it is. Because certain beings, you know, as we work our path working, we're going to higher levels of our consciousness where our vibration's changing, and sometimes the, the vibration isn't in resonance with a partner, and that can cause some problems too. Um, you know, usually they get that through osmosis. I mean, they'll get some of it, but not all of it. And eventually it's, it's almost suffocating to spirit. So in my opinion, you know, and, and I'm older too now, and I couldn't even fathom the idea of, of being in, in a, t- a type of relationship or marriage. I just, no, it's like, <laughs> that got the well, picture in the hat. That's it. Well, I think, <laughs> you know, quite quite often when we're younger, we get into a relationship and we're in a groove, and it's perfect and it's wonderful, but that groove eventually becomes a rut and prevents both people mm-hmm. from growing. And I think one right. of the, the major major issues that that I feel is that when people are when people are getting into a relationship and they've been alone for a while and that's important to not go relationship to relationship to relationship because then you just bring red flags with you and it's miserable um mm-hmm. but there's there's a sense here of following your dreams following your bliss I don't know how you want to put it exactly but but Everyone has um, a focus that they come into this lifetime with. They have a roadmap, and and in order to follow it, they have to continue be work to be working upon it. And so often, when people get together, one person will sacrifice their dream for the other person, and mm-hmm. it, it's really it, it's fascinating because. As a single person, your dream creates a light within you, a flame within you, and that draws somebody else to you. But if you put your flame out to help the other person, they suddenly say, wait a minute, you're not the person that I was attracted to, and then everything falls apart. So continuing mm-hmm. to follow your dream while being with a partner is a very hard thing to do, and and yet some people manage it beautifully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's well said. I I totally agree with that. Yeah, it's self-sacrificing. You know, people just overextend themselves in relationships, and and that's not okay. There has to be a balance. Well, you you can't say, okay, I'll let go of my dreams and help you reach your dreams. And mm-hmm. when you do that, you you don't become the person that they were attracted to, and they they lose the attraction. So right. continue, you know, it, and it's very hard to maintain. Your forward motion when it, when there's another person there and they're doing their thing and and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But I think that today especially uh, relationships are 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 really hard to maintain and 
I don't know, maybe there should be a way to just, you know, have a contract with another person rather than, you know, a legal document that forces you to be with a person because, you know, you can't afford to not be mm-hmm. together. So I, there has to be well, a better way. Well, I think people live together, don't they? Without a contract, although if you live with somebody long enough, you're considered married anyway. Only in some states. <laughs> Actually, mm-hmm. in a lot of states. I thought states, it was in that, no, well, you have to, first of all, you have to declare that you want to be a uh, common law, and that makes you mm-hmm. legal. So, you know, it just, you know, it, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I think, I think living together is a good idea, but, you know, it, mm-hmm. it depends on how, how old you are. I mean, if you're going to bring children into the world, I think it does take, it, it, in many cases, it takes two people, but it doesn't always, because I managed with my son and, you know, He's okay. He, he turned out really, really well. So I, I can't say mm-hmm. anything about people who are single parents because, you know, it can be. It, you can work it. But right. I, you know, the the it's you know I just you know we just came through Valentine's Day and it was all mushy for everybody and people got flowers and that's lovely. But but what is Valentine's Day supposed to be? Is it supposed to be a recognition of someone you love and? <laughs> And how do you, I mean, Hallmark made it a big deal. But mm-hmm. I, I think that there's, there's everybody's out there looking for love and, you know, having trouble finding it. And there are all these these, uh, these apps that you can get that will, that everybody lies on. And, and it's sort of like, do you really find a partner or do you find somebody who lies as well as you do? <laughs> I just, I, mm-hmm. I understand I understand the desire for companionship, but how can you possibly feel that physicality or, or is there is there a commonality or is there an energetic synchronicity, big words, um, with another person unless you've experienced, you know, being with them? Mm-hmm. That's very true. That's a good point you make right there. Well, and nowadays too. I mean, if you look at Japan and other areas, they're they're really into artificial intelligence for companionship. So, you know, nowadays there may not even be a partner like a real person. It might be just be some kind of an animated program, artificial intelligence related, just to keep people, uh, you know, from being lonely. But it doesn't mean that it's intimate or anything. It just means that there's something there to um, keep them company. And I think that if I'm not mistaken, they had all these kinds of robots for the elderly. For example, and, and you know, I think that's where society's kind of getting in a weird space between digital worlds, you know. So, so who knows? But to me, it just seems like everybody's made a paper mache when it comes to online dating and this, that, and the other. And I think that people should be very careful about that, what they're what they're looking at, because you really have to look at people eye to eye, face to face, and and get to know them and and really understand who who and what they are. And you're right, there's so many imposters, so many programs running in their, their personality. Well, and, and I, I've had a couple of people from LinkedIn contacting me, and it's, you know, I'd like to get to know you better. And, and, you know, if I met this person in the grocery store and started talking to them, it would be one thing. But this is somebody that has seen my picture on my LinkedIn account and seen what my LinkedIn account has on it. And I'm not sure what it has on it anymore, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. But... But it's it's it, it's almost like that they're you know they're stalking they're they're looking through things mm. and saying you know oh this person looks like you know 
they're hot or whatever, and I don't look hot. You know, I just take that off the table. But, but it's it's sort of like I, I, there is a, and I have cats, so I don't need to have a person here. I have cats. They talk to me. You, you have dogs, key. I think. I have dogs yeah. and cats. I've got everything except for okay. birds. <laughs> oh my gosh, you've covered you've covered all all areas here. Um, but, but, you know, that's, it's, it's sort of like if you have love, you know, if you're looking for the return of love, you have to be able to give love and certainly you can give it to animals and they're not going to betray Mm -hmm. you or, or use you or anything like that. And these Mm -hmm. days you just, you don't know. And, um, I, I had a friend who was on social media and, I can't tell you the number of people that she, you know, would connect with and then find a yeah, no, they weren't exactly what she wanted and you know, and it 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 it, it felt almost dirty to tell you the truth. Mhm. Yeah. Well, there's something wrong. Um, I I don't like it either. I I really don't. I don't resonate with that thing. The internet stuff. People meeting on the internet. I know some people have and that's great and all, but it just doesn't ring for me. No, nor for nor for me. I I think the last time I can remember standing in my garden in Middlebury, um, and I had been alone for at least ten years, maybe longer. And I remember standing there saying, "You know what? If the universe wants me to have a relationship, okay, but I don't need it because I, I, I'm totally blissful." So, and 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 I'm talking out loud here to nobody. Just you know, the universe saying, "Well, if you want me to have a relationship, they're going to have to find me at the computer because I'm not going out looking. I refuse to go out looking. I'm not getting dressed mm-hmm. up to go out looking. They'll have to find me on the radio show and connect with me that way because, and I figured that was safe, you know. And and mm-hmm. like three months later, I had somebody on the show and we were talking about his book, which was called, I think, In Focus, and it was the um, it, it, it spoke of all of the UFO sightings that had been authenticated, and I was actually at one of them, and so I was having a lovely time talking to him, and somebody was in the chat room and saying, I'm an expert in the field, and yada, yada, and I kept thinking, good for you, I've got the author on it, and the author had to leave early, so I pulled the guy from the chat room in, and it was Patrick Cook, mm-hmm. and we so started well. to talk, <laughs> and and uh, so I have our our first date, recorded actually um and we 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 talked for uh afterwards he sent me he actually gave me his resume and he you know he said i'm really not crazy and i'd love to get to know you better and i thought he's in california this is about as safe as it could be and we talked for (laughs) we talked for six seven eight months and um we decided that we there was a there was definitely a a connection an intellectual connection and and you know i so i flew to san francisco and he picked me up with his van loaded with everything he owned and his three cats our first date was driving across country uh from san francisco to connecticut and wow. you know shortly <laughs> And seven months later, we got married. But um, 
you know, it was exactly the way I put it out there. I said, I'm blissful. I'm fine. If this is it, I'm fine. Don't don't bother with mm-hmm. me. Go go bother somebody else because I'm not going to play this game. I'm not going to you know, screw around and I'm I'm not I, I'm not gonna waste time looking for somebody that maybe doesn't exist. Mhm. And right. um so uh you know it was I have not put that offer out again. I've I've basically said, you know, I'm fine, you know, you just go elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but you do manifest quite well. That's a good manifestation. Exactly what you it said. Was, it was Oh, it was spectacular. It was like, dang. I, I should have been a bit more specific on certain areas, you know, if I if I knew you were making a checklist, I would have I would have gone on a little <laughs> more, but no, no. I mean, he was he was perfect and and you know, we did secrets of the stones and he unfortunately died a year and a half later after we got married, but but mm-hmm. um it was it was a lovely relationship. And 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 you know, there was there was love because our focus was in the same direction. You know, metaphysical. He was right. he was very biblically oriented, and I was not. And uh, I was metaphysically oriented, and he was not. But 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 there was so much else that pulled it together that it made for very interesting conversations over dinner, for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I think I think I think today people are. They they have a need for that companionship, and if you have a need for the companionship, it means that you need to look into yourself a little more. That you need to find those qualities in yourself that that you want to bring into resonance with the rest of you, so that your magnetism will draw to you the kind of person that you want. You have to become the kind of person you want. And, mm-hmm. and I think yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that 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 all of us being electromagnetic entities or avatars, whatever you want to call them, our bodies, mm-hmm. that that we attract to us exactly what we are. And, and when somebody says to me, I'm just attracting jerks, it's like then maybe you've got to look at yourself a little bit and find out what in yourself do we need to adjust to to mm-hmm. make you more whole so that so that you can attract the kind of person you want. And exactly. I think I've insulted I've insulted a couple of people, but you know, if if you're attracting people who are you know, not not whole, then then there's there's something going on here. And one lady, it was so funny. She was um she was doing the dating stuff and and she she dated one guy and when she met him, it turned out that that he had a toupee, which you know didn't bother her any. But the next guy that she went out with um, was missing a leg, and the next guy she went out with um, was blind in one eye and and had two had several fingers that were missing. And she said, "I'm not wow. doing this anymore. I, I can't imagine how." You know, I can't imagine what will come next. You know, you know, somebody rolling up in a wheelchair with, you know, the, the, the sailing solution thing, you know, dripping into his arm. She said, "I have to work on myself because it's telling me there are pieces missing. I didn't think there were, but yeah. and and she worked on herself for almost a year. And she, uh, she said, I'm going back on the dating circle. I said, why don't you just give it six months and see what you just attract to yourself normally? And she met a perfect mm-hmm. man for her. Oh, that's but, good. But, yeah, that makes more sense. But, 
dating circuit doesn't sound right. Yeah, that's, I wouldn't do that. Well, you know, it, you know, those, where else do they go? I mean, used right. to be they could go, they would go to bars. That's not exactly the best place to meet no. somebody, but you, you can. Um, you know, I, I tell people that, you know, your magnetism will draw somebody to you while you're having, right. while you are in pursuit of your dreams. Correct. And if you're not in, yeah, in pursuit of your dreams, then there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I totally agree. Yeah, I met my first, my second husband. I met him in the, uh, I met him at the dojo. So yeah, martial arts. Yeah, and I had no anticipation of meeting anybody. So, but you're right. Well, find a yeah, common I'm, ground. You know, something like that where you're interested in something and you're having fun, and then yeah, you never know what happens. Meet somebody. Well, and and I, I know there. I have a young. Um, a young guy who's uh, he's divorced and he has an eight-year-old or ten-year-old. I forget. And he's trying to find someone, and he's a a very nice-looking, very successful young man. And he said, "I don't know where to meet people because I'm just not meeting anybody." And I said, "Well, let's let's do yoga." And he said, "Oh, yeah, and those hot little tights." I said, "Yeah, right, that well, do yoga, but you know that's not your focus." I said, "And do ballroom <laughs> dancing." And he said, oh, that's, oh, that's nice. just old people. And I said, I promise you, first of all, you will be very welcome because you're good looking. You know, you, you have no sense of rhythm, but that doesn't matter. And I said, once you're trying to learn a new task like ballroom dancing, if you keep at it, yes, you will be pushing little old ladies, your mother's age and my age, around the dance floor. But the better you get, the further you go, the younger your partners will get, and you may well meet somebody who's spectacular. Mm-hmm. And yep. he's he's pushing little old ladies around as we speak, I think. But oh. <laughs> but, <clears throat> but he's giving it a try. He said, I'll give it six yeah, months. I great. said, six months should do it. You know, once a week, mm-hmm. six months. I said, you know, and... Uh, I think he talked a friend into going with him. I said, I, I trust me, you will meet somebody who has a love of music and rhythm, and and at some point you will meet somebody that you can that you're really going to start talking to. But you got to give right. it a chance. That's so, good advice. Yeah, he's he, this is the one that I told I told him when he was in college that. I saw him at the Great Wall in in China in May, and he was still mm-hmm. in school. And he asked me if I had taken my medications, and I said, "You know, just you know, just put it in your hat and hang on to it." And in February, I think he was about to graduate. He they were told that they had to write a thesis or go on the trip that had been planned for the senior class or whatever. And he said, "I don't care mm-hmm. where it is, I'm going." He went to China. In May, he was on the Great wow. Wall of China. That was that's that's one of my Ooh. fun stories. But but wow. you know, it, it, as as far as love goes, I I think that you know we have we have made the word so hackneyed that um, it doesn't mean that much anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, very I totally sad. agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been co-opted to some degree. All words have. I think it's not just even even the word love. It's it's everything. It seems like in different types of belief systems, same thing. 
But then, it, like I said, it loses its value and its luster when it's just used generically. You know? so, yeah. And I, I think I mean, they do that to, to make somebody feel secure sometimes, you know, and even if it's not true, to tell them they love them to make that other person feel secure. But that's lying. That's terrible. Well, yeah, I, yeah I but think... I think that they do it all the time. That's just my impression. Maybe not everybody, but I think they'll just say anything. I should, I should well, be yeah, so jaded. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, you're an old lady. What the hell do you, you know? I'm an old lady. <laughs> I think it, at one point in my life when when I was doing the spiritual work, you know, the element of love was, you know, just so juicy. It was wonderful. And then then I started to really look at it, and I started to realize that, you know, I haven't, I hadn't really looked at me and, what was I doing with my life and where was I taking it? And it, it wasn't so much that that it wasn't so much that it was a career as much as it was the development of my own spiritual energies and things like that. And, and you know, those everybody can work on. That doesn't cost you any money. And mm-hmm. and um, I found I got very excited about the mystical field. And the more I got involved in the mystical field and the spirituality, the more I began to realize that that uh, I could be alone and not be lonely. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you know there are people that, that that just need to have someone there. And and if that's the case, I mean, be aware of it, work on it, but but be aware of of what it what it is your needs are so that you don't uh, get yourself into a situation that is uncomfortable that, that at some point you're going to have to walk away from. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that could be a very a bad part. situation. Yeah, I think so. But some people get codependent even if the in abusive relationships, for example, I think that people just want the, they just want to have companionship and they'll put up with an awful lot just to keep that companionship and, I'd be like, no way. But a lot of people would subscribe to things like that. And, you know, at that point, yeah, you have to kind of really do some, some deep work and, and shadow, I'd say shadow the self to some degree, see what's really happening there. Because, you know, you're never alone, really. We're always connected. And especially once you, once you start doing the spiritual work, you have all these vast, vast aspects of yourself that are so complete. And, and you were talking about bliss. Yeah, I remember bliss, too. You know, when I was single, I, I always loved being blissful and happy and I was always optimistic when I was younger, but, but, you know, I didn't feel the need to have to be in a relationship or be married or have a partner at that time in my life. I was just doing my spiritual work. and It was wonderful. What drew you into the, um, the, the physical, the, the, the psychic stuff, the, 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 the part that, that, you know, was almost abusive to you. How did you get sucked into that? Was that a matter of, of feeling that it was going to give you something, or was it just you weren't paying you attention the and there you were? Um, the technology, yeah. the induction thing, that happened in 2004, which was I was married at the time. So that was, no, it was just experimental induction. I mean, they literally just extracted me out of my house with a covert technology, and, and that took my whole life into another another universe, so to speak. I mean, there was so much going on with that. But prior to that, I had been doing all kinds of good spiritual work, and no, I, w- I wasn't leaving any, you know, perimeters open where I was accessible or anything. I was fulfilled and I was happy. It seemed like my life was just perfect, you know, and then that happened. So 
It's interesting. Um, but that's that happened in 2004. But prior to that, you know, I've always had that psychic energy. And I remember just doing spiritual work and then taking classes and getting initiations and then doing more healing work. And you know how it goes. You just go down these cycles and progressions and it just becomes uh-huh. so blissful and peaceful. And the more you do the work, the more happy you get. I mean, it was like that for me anyway. I was really, really happy. Uh, and I never thought about a relationship, really. I was kind of oblivious almost to, to people and men. And, you know, even if they flirt with me, I really didn't get it. You know, it's kind of one of those that was just kind of go over my head, you know, that kind of thing. So, of course, I was back in the day when I was younger. <laughs> but, you know, you're just happy and you talk to everybody and you don't realize when they're flirting. So that kind of thing. But, yeah, it's interesting. Very, very interesting to look at those timelines. Because, you know, I, I so far I haven't gotten in, in, in trouble with the spiritual stuff. Um, it's it's always been it's always been really really cool, hard work mm-hmm. sometimes, but but mm-hmm. very cool and very exciting. And you know, I, I look at um, and, and I know everybody's different, so you can't compare yourself to anybody else. Uh, not really, and and it, it's sort of like I think I think at some point in time, often during your life, you come up to the point where you say, "Well, who am I, and why am I here?" And mm-hmm. you know, was I meant to be alone? Was I meant to share with someone else? Was I meant to have a partner? And um, you know, I, I I think that at least for me, I guess not. I mean, I have cats. I'll always have a cat or two. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, the, the only messy part about a cat is the litter box. So, you know, and they, you know, they may argue with me, but I always win. So, you know, <laughs> it, it's it, it's it's kind of like I think coming to terms and understanding what your what your needs are. I think at a certain time in my life, I really felt I needed someone, and. Mm-hmm. I tried on a lot of someones, and I found that nobody fit. And so I stopped looking and just kept going with my own stuff. And I I literally, I, as, I, as I look back at, at the people that I've been in relationship with, almost every single one of them was, it, it felt like it was an accident. You know, I... Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a boat and, and met somebody at the marina, or I was doing a spiritual frontiers fellowship, and I met another man who was <clears throat> who actually I had a relationship with for twelve years on and off. So, you know, every every relationship I've had has come almost out of the blue, mm-hmm. without me looking for it. You know, were they all perfect? Oh. Goodness, no. But but I learned from them all, and you know I, I only married a couple of them. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but and, and as I look back now, I, I think you know I had an insecurity and needed to have the marriage. It was my insecurity that got me into trouble. If I had not mm-hmm. been insecure, I would have had a relationship that I could walk away from when I needed to and not go through all of the legal stuff that went on. You know, it was not pleasant. Mm-hmm. So, And I don't know if that's age or if it's, 
you know, the, 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 the metaphysical and the spiritual world gave me enough strength and confidence to not need to have that kind of connection so that I could be with people and then drift away if that was, if that was appropriate. And, mm-hmm. and if anything, as far as, you know, advice to anyone, <clears throat> excuse me, listening, it's, it's take care of yourself. You know, uh, oh, have yeah. a relationship with, have relationship with yourself first. Figure out what it is that you need to work on and keep working on it. And if there's somebody else there while you're working on it, that's just that's great. That's wonderful. But but don't get locked into a box. Um, mm-hmm. Make sure make sure that they are working on their own stuff too, because you want to be able to share. The growth and and I mean I've been with people who were excited about something they had done or created or whatever and I didn't understand a word of what they were saying but I certainly could could celebrate with their excitement and and mm-hmm. you know um, at at some point you know you know they did the same with me so that it was it was really you know a wonderful partnership. So I'm wondering if are we looking for partners or are we looking for lovers? Well, that's a good question too, because partners is more like you know companionship, almost like a a training buddy, you know that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And then the other is, is a little more in, that's more intimate. So yeah, it's really interesting. I think people get lonely. I think it's nice to be able to bounce information off of someone. And you know, I think you're right though. Take care of yourself first. And don't overextend your energy into somebody else or live precariously through them. Uh, that's just my two cents on that. But, yeah, I think a lot of people are looking for love and the wrong reasons for it, perhaps. But I see a lot of people that are lonely these days. And, and like you said, we were talking about readings and doing readings. And, yeah, love comes up a lot. Relationships comes up a lot. And, you know, we can manifest anything. If they really want something, they can certainly get it. You don't have to do any magic spell to get somebody. Or And I don't, I don't think that's a good idea anyway because that could blow up. So, you know, no. just putting what, whatever you want out to the universe and just going for it. But I think that when you find a common common ground, whether it's a, a hobby or something you really love to do and something you have a passion for, I think you'll find the right person. That's just my, my own two cents on that. Someone will show up. Oh, absolutely. I, don't, I didn't really answer your question. <laughs> but, but, you <laughs> well, that, that's all right. I, I You know, I just, I I think that there are so many people out there that are, at that time and place in life where, you know, late 20s, 30s, 40s, in there, where where they feel that they have to find a partner. And no, you don't. <laughs> but you can want one. That's okay. But, but, but the thing is, it's, it should not be a need. It should be, um, it, it should be a mutual attraction. A magnetic attraction and and you know it's kind of like don't confuse passion don't confuse passion with love mm-hmm. because right you know one is one is physical and one one is emotional right yeah i think and a lot okay of people for, do that we, too oh yeah um and it's okay with getting your needs met that's there's nothing wrong with that but but understand that that you know if that's what it is that's what it is and don't try to make it something it's not. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think often that happens that there is 
a chemical reaction, which is really cool, but there's no emotion connected to it. And, right. and you know, you know, women, sorry, but women tend to attribute that to the emotion and it's not. It's a, it's a physical thing. It's definitely mm-hmm. it's passion and it's physical and there, there's nothing wrong with it. But that doesn't say there's love there. And if what you're looking for mm-hmm. is love and you can't trade it. I, I know lots of people who who and they're young girls actually. Mostly it's young girls who who think that if someone has sex with them that they love them. And Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. They need to clarify that. And you know, one. there's nothing further from the truth and and mm-hmm. and, and yet um that's 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 how they that's how they define love, you know. You, you, mm-hmm. you want to have sex with me? That means you love me. So, you know, I'll have your baby and whatever. But but so so you have to take your time and you have to figure out just where are the emotions coming from. I mean, the physical mm-hmm. is certainly a part of all of it. But but it, it's it's you know it's the physical is what attracted men to women way 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 back when. They had to populate the earth, and they never turned that that nozzle off, so to speak, when we had population <laughs> down pat, and and there was more to life than just surviving, and and now mm-hmm. um, that that compulsion to procreate is there, but it's not connected to love. So right. it's it's important to to define stuff and and you know you can't just sit down with somebody and say okay let's define this relationship you know is it passionate is it love is it caring is it what do we have here and you know somebody can look at you you know with with a blank stare and say what the devil are you talking about so so maybe mm-hmm. the conversation is something one has to sit have with oneself what am I feeling. Mm-hmm. What you know? What what does this look like for me? And and is my feeling just a chemical one? Is it just is it a friendship one? Is it you know just where am I? And not be swept away by a physical emotion that is very real and very fun to satisfy. But if you're more of a person, you want to go deeper into you know is there a mutual understanding? Are there are there mutual goals? Do 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 the directions that they want to go in life correspond with yours? Um, you know, there's a whole there's a whole checklist. You know, and happily I can't rattle it off for you because I would hate anybody. You know, have a checklist in a relationship and say, well, you only got four <laughs> out of five, so you know you don't count. But um, but it's it's important to take a lot of things into consideration, and mm-hmm. and I don't think I think today is such a scary time, with with everything that's going on with with um, pandemics, with wars, with everything that's going on is is a frightening aspect of life these days. Even buying a dozen eggs, you know, is oh, traumatic yeah. to some. 
so you know when it comes to something that that doesn't cost money but it costs you time and energy and it costs you tears if it if you've if you've gauged yourself right or inappropriately you know not not appropriately so it's it's important to take the time and and by yourself and say okay so what are the good points what are the bad points can i live with these is this something that I would want to change with this person? And you can't, you can't change another person. That's not, you, you just can't do it. You can try, but you can't mm-hmm. do it. And mm-hmm. and you know, I I think there's a lot of you know the what do they call it the go to Jesus moment. Have a go to Jesus moment with yourself, and be honest. And if if you find yourself saying, well, I can put up with this, and I can put up with this, and I can put up with this, then then you're in a bad space, and you should right. back out slow. I tell I tell everybody, um, yeah, I, I tell I tell everybody you should have a red flag list that you carry in your wallet at all times. This is to the single people, and if these are things that that you that are absolute um, no brainers for you, that 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 there is no way you're going to change that it is an absolute red flag. If you have a red flag, walk away. And mm-hmm. an example, uh, a red flag for me would be um, someone who doesn't like pets. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to have a pet. A red flag for right. me is a, uh, someone who smokes. Mm-hmm. Can't yep. can't abide by that. I have sinus problems mm-hmm. anyhow. I, do, I don't need more. I mean, those are, those are the two big ones for me. Um, mm-hmm. But... But everybody has red flags, and and I would suggest that most people have at least five red flags, and they should have their red flags written down in a list in their wallet so that when they meet somebody and they think, oh, this guy is just perfect for me, take out your red flag list. And if there's one red flag, (laughs) walk away. You should write it. That's a book. That's a book right there, Barbara. (laughs) You know it is, and I know it is. Maybe the red flag book. Yeah, no, it yeah, is true. It really is something people should look at. And then instead of nitpicking later on, they can just go down their checklist. Yeah. I mean, if if you know, it's. I mean, there 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 are obnoxious things that somebody could do that it would add, not flushing the toilet. Ugh. Definitely a red You're flag right. for me. Um, no, I agree with you on that one. I mean, I, I I can live with the seat up or down. That that I can handle, but not flushing. Not a good thing. So. Yeah. So you know, it really and addiction issues maybe, too. That's a red flag. Oh, absolutely. Right. Um, so so it, it's sort of like if you have your your red flags and, and they're in your wallet, and I laminate it so that you can't change it once you've actually got your your red flag list, and and just have it with you at all times. And and you know, when you meet somebody that you're just you know, wiping the drool off your chin because they're just so spectacular. Take out that damn list, and if there is one red flag, you walk away because I promise you that red flag will become a cancer. Agreed. That's great advice. And it really is. It only took me 78 mm-hmm. years to get here. <laughs> well, but, but you know what? It's, it's, it's very wise. It'll save people a lot of grief well, I, later on. I know a lot of women um a lot of women that that you know I've given that advice to and I will see them 5 6 years later 
and every one of them will will take out their wallet and show a laminated thing with at least at least five. Some, sometimes they got carried away, but at least five red flags. And they've said nice. this has saved me so much grief. It's not been easy, but it saved me grief. Um, no kidding. Yeah, I mean, just I mean. Yeah, I, there are things that I would like to have in a person, like a good sense of humor. But, you know, yeah, no, a good sense of humor would be important to live with me. You'd have to have one. But um, mm-hmm. but, but, but the red flag list, oh, my goodness. It, you know, and you're, it's fine with being friends with those people. Just don't get involved. Right. You know, I, I, have, I have several people that I speak with on a semi-regular basis that, you know, they check every damn red flag I ever had. So there's never been a relationship, but, but strangely, there's a friendship. So mm-hmm. you know, just make sure you you put your priorities where they are, because um, at at some point in time, you want something that is as valuable as you are to come into your life. Exactly. And mm-hmm. great advice. I mean, you we we deserve it. We've worked real hard to mm-hmm. get to where we are, and we deserve to have a person who has worked hard on themselves too. Now, you know, yeah, they 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 may be a slob. They may, you know, I can live with a slob. That's you know, but you know, a slob? it's, it's sort of, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I've been oh, there they, before lots... where I did everything and they didn't do anything. So, all right, that may be a red Messy. flag for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did the lawn, I did the laundry, I did I did everything. Clean the fish tanks, take care of the animals, and yeah, I like half and half. It'd be nice to have somebody actually, you know, at least help a little bit. That'd be good. Yeah, but you know, it's it's kind of like that's what handymen are for. That's what gardeners are for. Right. If you can't do it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I had huge sure. gardens, and you know, I can't do huge gardens anymore. But I I have pots, mm. and. You know, it's it's there's there's there are lots of ways of filling you know one's needs. Um, you know, I just uh, I have a list of stuff that needs to be done, and and at some point I will call a handyman and I will pay the handyman and I will get it done. And I I won't have had to put out yep. anything to get it except cash, which is fine. Yep, I think that's wise so, too. Yeah, I like the handyman too. Oh, jeez, yes. <laughs> <laughs> But but so so you know as far as relationship goes, there are lots of ways to to have a full rich life, and and not have the pain and anxiety that goes out. And you don't have to be lonely. You just mm-hmm. don't have to be. And uh, you know there are lots of ways of filling that gap if you feel there is one. But. As far as getting a relationship, relationships are sacred as far as I'm concerned. Um, mm-hmm. And and if it's a good relationship, it's absolutely sacred because it isn't just physical, it's emotional and mental, it's, it's the whole thing. And And I think that we deserve to have those kinds of relationships, but they don't necessarily have to be physical. And... Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying that the, the physical is bad because the physical isn't. It's great, but mm-hmm. but you don't want to have to pay for it by compromising your own value systems. And, Very true. And for heaven, 
for for heaven's sakes, you know, everybody should do a red flag list, even men. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I would imagine there there are 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 lots of red flags for men, although. I almost said something very, very bad about men. I'm not. Men are great. I love men, but, but you know, I, I'm sure they have red flags too. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure, there are things that get under their skin. Oh yeah. yeah. But but you know, it's not easy I think, to live with anybody. I mean, even if you're not in a relationship, I mean, roommates, housemates. I could never live with housemates. No way. You know. So. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's true. That's a whole different I mean, order right there. If you are living with someone else, there that is a type of relationship, and and red flags should apply to that as well. Um, mm-hmm. I know smoking is a is a big one with me because my mother smoked my whole life, and um, I just couldn't handle the smoke. So when mm-hmm. it came to People living, you know, living with me or or being or being in relationship with me, I can't handle the smoke. I just can't. Mhm. Yeah, I don't so, like it either. Um, and she, when she was sixty-five, like she had it. a heart. Well, yeah, and you know, when she was sixty-five, she had a heart attack, and she was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. And when she came mm-hmm. home, she walked into the house and she said, "Oh my God, what's that awful smell?" And I said that would be you. And wow. she never smoked. She never smoked again. We had to paint the whole house. We had to get new furniture. We had Oof. to either dry clean or wash like heck any of the um, clothing or anything. It took us weeks and weeks and weeks to get the house so that it smelled right again. So holy cow. Oh, she was a heavy smoker. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, a lot of people and, really yeah. are addicted to that. And they don't realize, you know, it. Uh, when mm-hmm. Patrick moved in, before he moved in, um, he, I, I said, do you smoke? And he said, no. And is that a problem? And I said, smoking would be a problem for me. It would be a, a deal breaker, absolutely. And apparently he was still smoking, and... <laughs> a week before I flew to San Francisco to pick him up, he stopped smoking. Wow. And when he moved in, um, he had, uh, you know, he brought he brought a lot of his stuff with him. And um, the cleaning lady said to me, he was a heavy smoker. I said, I don't think so. And she said, all of the glass on everything that he has hung up has nicotine on it. He was a heavy smoker. And I finally confronted him and I said, when when did you stop smoking? And he said a week before you came out. Um, wow. Yeah. He definitely. It was it was a deal breaker for me. There was absolutely, you know, it was a you know screeching halt to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't handle it, and and he he did not smoke, and he never smoked again. That's because he died. But. <laughs> well. Yeah, cigarettes probably oh. keeping him alive. Who knows? Well, no, he People had... People smoke cigars um, in their 90s and they, they live forever. Go ahead. Do they do they really inhale cigars or do they just I, puff on I them? I don't know. I have no idea. I think you're right. I think they just puff on them, don't they? 
I don't know I have either. No idea. Maybe uh, they just look cool with brandy. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that could be. That could be. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you, do you think society is changing? Do you think the aspect of relationship is changing? I do. I think it's. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of depth in relationships anymore. Just my observation. I think it's more. Uh, it's just kind of generic, quite honestly. I don't think they understand the new generations really get what love is. So once again, it's just attraction, maybe on a biochemical level, and then, you know, just just generic relationships, generic sex. Um, they say they love each other, but I find that I, I think it's a different kind of um, waveform when it comes down to the, the new societies of today. And I don't see a lot of okay. romantic energy. Do you think a lot of it is just survival? You know, two incomes get you, yeah. makes you able to live better? Yeah, that too. I think that's definitely right because it, it certainly is easier to have a partner. Uh, definitely. No doubt about that financially. So that would definitely take the edge off of anything. It's easier for investments. It's not the other. It's hard for single people, you know, unless you're making a very good living to um, to make it, in my opinion, anyway. So that could be part of it as well. Well, you know, I see all these kids coming out of college, and and especially with the prices of everything today, I mean, how can anybody out of college really um, live independently? Um, mm-hmm. Right. You know, I mean, rents uh, are, are horrific. Uh, food is awful. Gas is awful. The only way I can see people either going back with your parents, which I did, mm-hmm. Or um, or find or find someone who is in the same place. I know Jeannie's son has a, has a roommate. You know they they are both struggling to get careers going. So there's a roommate there, and it enables them to have their independence without being dependent upon family. But it, mm-hmm. it, they have their independence. But. Um, it's like I can't imagine. I have two grandchildren. Uh, Thomas is, I think, finishing his sophomore year, and Jenna has another year before she goes to college too. So John will have two in college at the same time. And wow, you know, I, I wonder. I wonder. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna tighten his belt. Um, uh-huh. And so you know, I, I do wonder what does life hold for them when they. You know, at this point, they're still living at home, and you know their parents are doing a great job with them. But what will they do um, when they get out of school? I mean, are they going to be able to be independent, or or will they move back home with their parents? You know, which is something they may right. do. Um, that's possible. So, you know, they have a lot of people who are minimalists now. That's that's the big thing now. The minimalist. Or they just don't have anything. They don't want possessions. They live um, very—I uh, don't know how you would call it. Um, well, like for example, people like living in their vans now. They buy these really nice vans, and they literally live in them instead of a home. And these are people that are making a pretty good income. A lot of them are, and they just literally want to have hardly any expenses and live in live in their vans and you know kind of just travel around. So that's another thing I that's knew. going on that's kind of trending. I knew a guy um, a long time ago, and um, he lived with his family, but he prided himself on the fact that everything he owned, literally, would fit into a paper bag. Wow. And 
and he was he was he 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 was a very nice person but strange but nice and um i remember he had a cool jacket shirt that he wore it was flannel and it was it had quilted stuff in it, it was it, it was really cool and he couldn't remember where he got it and i said well when you're done with it and, and you don't want to have it anymore i would love to have it and he took it off and gave it to me he literally gave me the shirt oh, wow. off his back and i said mm-hmm. well let me pay you for it and he said no just it's yours i'll get something else somewhere else and he it, it was he had no attachment to anything that he he owned. Mhm. And that's very liberating. I, I love you know. Yeah. Um, I kind of like that. Sure I never, the older I get, the less I want stuff. So I get it. I totally understand. Well, I I made very sure I never liked anything that he had on his body after that because I was afraid <laughs> he'd give it to me. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he lived with his family, and they owned an orchard, mm-hmm. and they made. Apple cider. So, um, oh, nice. And he worked for the family business. So it was it was really kind of cool. But, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, I I when you see all of these tent cities, when you see all of these, you know, RVs and stuff like that parked along the road where people are are becoming nomads, actually. Yeah. Um, n- not a, I mean... If you could afford the gas to be living like that at, next to the road, I mean, in a way, that's kind of cool. But I don't mm-hmm. think I could stand that, you know, year-round. But, I mean, the tents are It's harder with animals, too. Oh, I agree with you. You don't, I mean, a lot of the time, a lot of those people have addiction issues and drug issues. And that's what we're looking at. It's just not like they're happy hippies, you know, and everybody's kind and compassionate. I think there's a lot of sketchy weird going on, but, you know. I think the biggest problem, I, I wouldn't mind living in a van at some point. I mean, I thought about it, but I have animals and I have my own way of doing things and I don't think that would be practical and I'm not I'm not willing to get rid of my animals. So I can't imagine living in a hippy-dippy van with all my animals that I guess. That's just not going to work. So big safe well, yard in the window. Yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> so. Are you, um, Susan Shumsky, are you familiar with her? Yeah, her name sounds familiar. She has written a ton of books on uh, meditation. Mm-hmm. Ton of them, and I met her, gosh, thirty some years ago. And thirty some years ago, she traveled around. She had an at the time she had an airstream, and um, she lived in the airstream, and she just drove it to wherever she was going to do workshops or whatever. Um, I ran into her again maybe 10, 15, 20 years later, and she was still in an RV. And as far as I know, she still lives in an RV that she travels around the country in. And that's that's her home. And Mm -hmm. she goes goes to states where it's warm in the in the summer in the Mm -hmm. in the wintertime. And then she goes back up north and does stuff like that. She she runs Cruises that are spiritual, spiritually oriented, and stuff like that. There mm-hmm. and she's she that's that's she has no permanent residence. She is absolutely a, a nomad, mm-hmm. and she loves it. Yeah, that's yeah yeah. I've looked that up on the internet, and especially some YouTube channels. There's some really cool people out there doing that, 
And that's exactly what they do. They live in like Arizona and they go other places, you know, depending on the year and the time of year. But they seem extremely happy, carefree. Uh, their spirits are very high, you know, high energy. And and I find that oh, yeah. takes and, a load off. I, I think honestly, it does it does remove all the baggage, all the possessions, and all the other stuff. Well, you know, it's. I mean, she's written a ton of books. She she works conferences. She does. She's lectures. She does a whole bunch of stuff. But um, mm-hmm. all from her all from her RV. And uh, wow, she uh, she's she's just a remarkable person. Um, mm-hmm. And actually. I, I went to a workshop when I first met when I met her the very first time and it 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 it, it goes back many decades. She was doing a workshop and I I forget what the workshop was about. It was an evening lecture thing. And somebody asked her a question as to how do you tell if you've had uh in a workshop or 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 even a reading how how can you tell if you've had a genuine spiritual experience and she said that's really easy if as you leave you are feeling joyful and energized it's been spiritual if you're tired and you you just want to go home and go to bed it was not spiritual Mm -hmm. and and i have used that gauge for my entire life and it's absolutely a hundred percent true i wish i could take credit for it but Usually, if if, if if I'd love to take credit for it, but but I actually remember who said this, so I, I give her credit for it. Um, mm-hmm. It it's if if you've been and and a lot of a lot of the shows we do, you know, I can't sleep after we've been on the air talking for two hours. I'm too hyped up. And <laughs> no, you don't wound up. You know. <laughs> In a good yeah, way. you're always very wound. productive. Yeah, well. Well, so are you. Absolutely. I feel, even when I feel I'm low energy, I'm not. But you're, you're always high energy and clear, too. You're always good. I, you know, it, it's, but it's, well, we're talking about spiritual stuff. We're actually putting spiritual stuff mm-hmm. out there. And, and, right. um, and hopefully, actually, we've stayed on topic so long tonight. I'm so proud of us. Um, I am, too. And you kept us on track. Congratulations. The Navigator. <laughs> Well, that's great. I think it's a good topic to address. Well, and you know, so many people today are looking for someone to complete them, which is, you know, you know, not not appropriate at all. But but looking for someone to share their life with, looking for someone to be able to talk to intelligently, or um, you, you know, and and it's it's a matter of. That's a good thing to want, but it's, it shouldn't be a need. It should be a want. And and it's sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, that, that person who was talking about having to, you know, um, how to save money, you, you go of the, do I want this or do I need this? And and if you, if you want it, you have to put it down, and if you need it, you can buy it. And, you know, but I cheat, you know. I really want it, but Boy, I'm going to say I need it because <laughs> right? I cheat. <laughs> you know, there are moments well, when... you can spoil yourself you know, sometime, right? Absolutely. I really believe I need this. I need this badly. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the next day I don't need it as badly. So, you know, it's just kind of like 
sometimes I try to put things off for a day just to see if <laughs> if the need right. lasts. Twenty four hours later, you still have this itch to to get it. Yeah. 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 There, are, there, there are those moments, but but it's it's sort of like you know we we have to we have to be honest with ourselves, and uh, it's you know I can you can you can I can pick up the phone anytime and call people all over the world and have. A lovely chat. You know, we don't need to, mm-hmm. you know, say, I, I, oh, I wish I had somebody I could talk to, yada, yada. You know, you, you know enough people, and so do I, that, you know, we can wake somebody up almost anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Especially with a radio and, show. And <laughs> absolutely. Well, and that's that's another thing. I have found that, um, you know, do I have, do I have a burning desire to say something or, or become profound? I can always create a blog talk show and get on the air and talk talk myself blue in the face and make it a private show so it never gets posted but I've had a chance to really get it out of my system so I can go to bed so mm-hmm. um, yeah. that's, that's one of the good things about blog talk radio it, it's it's a good place to store stuff and go back and delete it when mm-hmm. I'm when I'm done with my tirade <laughs> <laughs> that's great well, you know, I mean, you you've got what three shows? You do, you do the uh, mm-hmm. the KCOR show. You do the one mm-hmm. on Freedom Slips, and you do the one here. So you know, you've got shows going yeah. on all over the place too. I do. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? And I don't get tired of doing it. Sometimes I feel a little like I need a break, but most of the time I'm doing you know just fine. I look forward to interviewing, and I certainly look forward to this show with you. It's always fun. Yeah, it's nice. It's just uh, you know, I don't, I really I realize that Friday and Saturday nights I literally have always been dedicated to doing the radio shows. So uh-huh. talk about no social life, right? <laughs> <laughs> like ten years on one of the stations. So yeah, every yeah, well, every yeah. What, Saturday night. Yep. Well, amazing. We, this show's been on the air for fourteen years now. That's wonderful. So, wow, I can't believe it's been on that long. Yeah, neither awesome. can I. <laughs> It slides, you know. Yeah, I started out as a a co-host for a guy called Walks with Thunder, and mm. um, he I he did two shows. He did a Monday night show and a Wednesday night show, and I was his co-host on one of the shows. And Mary Peeler um, was the host co-host on the other show. And he had, we had a meeting, the three of us, and he wanted us to help him find guests, but they had to be nice-looking women with long hair, with long blonde hair and beautiful. And, and he started to hit on one of us, and, and I stopped him and I said, you do realize that your two co-hosts are both grandmothers. Uh. And he said, what? I said, yeah. I said, I'm old enough to be your mother, I think, and so is Mary. So hitting on us is probably one of the stupidest things you've ever done. And he said, I'll take care of finding the guests. I said, that's a good idea because we're not going to go hunting for you. So you just better do it yourself. It it was so funny because he hadn't realized it because, you know, he heard our voices and, you know, we, we, we were both psychic, so we filled that need in his show 
and um, he didn't realize that that we were old enough to be his mother. <laughs> That's so funny. There really was. <laughs> he is no it's longer. Good you on called the him out anyway. Oh, he's not. Well, yeah, I, he just didn't realize that, that, you know, we were not our young voices. Well, I mean, at the mm-hmm. time we were younger, a lot younger. I mean, that was almost 20 years ago. So, yeah, we were mm-hmm. in our 40s, early 50s, whatever. But, um, yeah, no, that was that was a fun show to do. And then my show was on after his show because I figured I'll just scoop up his audience. And that's how Nightlight started. Mm. Wow, that's awesome. It was a long time ago. When did you get the urge to do, or how did you start in? How did you start in in the radio with the radio? radio? It was uh, it was at Revolution Radio. I think it's just because I I got tired of doing interviews all the time, and I decided I wanted to start doing interviews with people instead. I wanted to be the interviewer. Mm -hmm. So um, an opportunity opened up for Revolution Radio over there with Nighthawk and, um, you know, and, and Lorian Fenton kind of said, you should come over and do a show. And I was like, well, you know, I really, I, I never saw myself doing radio. So funny. But I managed to, um, you know, he, 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 she actually proposed it to Nighthawk. And I remember him. He was really funny. And he passed away. But what was funny about him, he's like, oh, she's into this and she's a witch and she's this. It's like he's having a breakdown. <laughs> but he did give me a slot. And it was Ravenstar's Witching Hour. And I've been on it ever since. Uh, so, yeah, it's, that was the first show I started, and then I went over to Dark Matter Digital Network. That was our belt network for hyperspace. That's uh-huh. where that was born, and that was a real privilege to do that because Keith Rowland was my producer at the time, and uh, you know he was arts producer. So it was really cool. I really liked the professionalism over there, and then from that point I went to KCOR with hyperspace. So it was born on Dark Matter, though, which is really nice. Wow. But yeah, and then from there it's just like the whole thing is just it just flows, and it's amazing how spirit puts you on these paths of just doing things you thought you'd never do. And that's one of them. That's one thing I never saw myself doing on the timeline, ever, is radio. So that's been no, interesting. No, neither did I. Interesting journey. Yeah. Um, it, it, it just, it, it was, uh, I'll never forget. And, the you know, 14, 15 years ago, um, somebody in one of the workshops I was in in Connecticut got a, a a radio show and asked me if I would come on their radio show. And I said, well, where's the studio? You know, because, and they said, oh, you just do it on your telephone. And I said, you're kidding me. And then she said, no. And so I called in and I did the radio show with them. And I thought, well, that was that was fun. And so the next time I saw her, I said, can I come and watch you do a show? And she said, sure. And I went over and I watched him do a show. And as I was leaving, I said, I could do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's how Nightlight started. And oh, nice. uh, it was, it was. I left all of the early shows up on, on Blog Talk, just so people can listen Ooh. to see how awful the first shows were. And, and how that they have evolved over time. I literally okay. scripted two, two hours of it, and because wow. I wasn't sure anybody would, well, I I wasn't sure anybody would call in, you know, for a reading. So I had to have uh-huh. something that would fill the time. 
And then I talked Jeannie into being my uh, co-producer, so she would do the answering of the phones and, you know, telling me who who was where and stuff like that. And we did it for years and nice. years and years and years and years. And uh, so it, it's it, it 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 was amazing. And I mean, I would go back and do it all over again because it has been an amazing learning experience for me. And then when I got tired of doing <laughs> readings, I just thought, well, let me just interview authors. And and that has been an education like none other. It has been mm-hmm. so profound. I mean, I I swear it's my PhD. You know, I find oh, yeah. someone, it's, I find someone whose work I really enjoy, I read their book, and then I talk them into doing a show so they can tutor me for two hours, and you know, and I get it Great. free. Yeah, and the audience Definitely. does too. That's the beauty of it. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's it's definitely been an adventure, and mm-hmm. you know, it. I, I think the fact that uh, you know you get hooked. In, I, I don't like video. I don't like ha- and and oh, I have no. a. I, I have a ton of shows that I'm going to be doing, and they all, you know, have Skype or Zoom or something. I and know. I, yeah. I, I hate video. I, I don't first care of all, for it either. I, you know, at first, I don't like the way I look anyhow. On You know, uh, I don't like looking at me, looking back at me. And um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like myself in film either. I don't think anybody and, does. And I, and I don't like it when you can see what other people are doing and in, in some shows that I've done and with a guest, you know, they were eating, you know, their lunch or something while they were talking to me. I've, I've not, been on shows. That's so not right. Uh, Chris of Curious Times had somebody on once who who literally was just fixing her hair and putting makeup on and it oh was like, gosh. you know, at, at least... To, it, to my mind, radio is a better medium than video. Great. Because I totally agree. Because they're hearing your voice and creating pictures in their own mind. They are listening, and if you give them Correct. a video, they're they're looking at what's hanging on the wall behind you, or the cat that's walking across the desk, or you know whatever. And it yep. just to I'm me attracted. is yeah. you know it, it's not as intimate as as my voice being out there saying something that they they're listening to. I agree. And yeah. So so I will as of this moment I have absolutely no intention of ever going video. And uh I mean you have to you have to get dressed for these shows. You have to actually Oh, I don't. Well, not not this one, no. But no, but, if there's but I mean, video, even video, right? I don't though. I've done video before, and I mean, I, I'll look nice, but I don't dress up for that. And honestly, I can't stand video either. I I, I always look weird on video, and I mean, I can look at myself in the mirror and say I don't look so bad, and then I look at my video like, what, what happened? <laughs> it looks crappy. Yeah, who is so, that person? And, I don't. It's like what yeah. happened? Yeah. It's just, but I think they do it for extra ratings. But honestly, I think that they get better ratings without the video. It's just my well, sense, and I think that's you. why Art Bell really liked the audio only. I think he had a point. There's something more mysterious about a voice behind a radio, you know, a microphone. And 
and I will bet you money that I always look better in their mind's eye than I do when I'm on camera. Well, I'm sure everybody does, but we're we're our own worst critics. You know that. And as I get older, the less I want to be seen. (laughs) I'll tell you right now. It's not like I age bad or anything. I'm just like, no, I'm sorry. You don't need to see what I look like. Yeah. When I when I did a did a reset of my of my website, I don't know how many years ago it was, but it was probably about ten years ago. Um, everybody said, "Oh, you have to put your picture on the website. You have to. You just have to." And so reluctantly, I somebody gave me the name of a of a good photographer, and I made an appointment, and I went. And they posed me, and they posed me, and they posed me, and they showed me all the pictures they had taken, and I said, that's not me. And they said, well, yeah. And I said, nope, that's not me. I, I said, you have me frozen in time, and I am not frozen in time. I am animated. And I said, you know, I said, I, I know we're going beyond the time that we have set, and I'll pay you extra time, but I said, let me talk to you about any topic you want and let me react to it and take pictures while I'm talking. And that's what they mm. did, and they got great pictures. Well, that's and, awesome. And it, it, the reality is I am animated, and the pictures they mm-hmm. took were not. They were frozen. They made me look stiff. And right. And... And so when I was fooling around with them and, and stuff like that, and they took the pictures and they, they looked at them and they said, oh, my God, it looks like a whole other person. And I said, well, that's me. And mm-hmm. so I use those pictures and those are the pictures that I use. And I will never age because I'm never using another picture ever. There you go. I haven't changed so, my pictures yeah. up either. I still have old pictures on on my website, Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and the I thing like those is, on your... you, well, and, you know, you find a picture that you really like, and that you should stick with it, and uh-huh. never get old. Never get old. <laughs> right. Oh, I totally agree with that. I totally agree. Yeah. Selfies no, and all these people that constantly take pictures of themselves. And I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't either. No, I, you know, I don't either, and 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 yet. You know, those people that are constantly taking pictures of themselves are really good-looking people. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got a Maybe good Maybe that's image, why they do, do it. it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there, I'm there pretty. Are, look at yeah. me. Two seconds later, look at me again. <laughs> it's like, what? No, it, it, it's funny because I think that that there are some people that just don't take a good picture. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm one of them. One of my clubs. Dim the lights. It has to be lighting and, you know, just kind of a goth-looking atmosphere <laughs> to highlight my face. I mean, sometimes and, you can and, get If you get the lighting right, I look okay. Yeah. Well, it, and, you know, it's funny because um, there are times when I think I really look pretty good and I look at the picture and it's like, oh, why did so, why did somebody not stop me from walking out with that on, you know? <laughs> you know, you you just, you just, it, it's, and I take pictures with my grandchildren, but when you see me in a family pictures, I, I'm all of five foot. My mm-hmm. granddaughter is five eight. My grandson and son are both six four. 
And wow. my daughter-in-law is 5'9". And mm-hmm. I'm the I'm the hobbit in the yeah. picture. I mean, and and you know, I said to them at one point, you know, you've got to let me stand on something so that at least my head is above your armpit. This is ridiculous. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, somebody said somebody said to me when they looked at me and John, and they said, "Well, he's so big," and I said, "Well, trust me, when he was born, he was much smaller." But you know, right. I don't. I don't know where where all the height came from, but it was not my side of the family, clearly. Funny. But no, I I just think that that our concept of ourselves and how we see ourselves is always so much different from how people see how other people see us. And mm-hmm. yeah. um, it's it's kind of. You know, I have mirrors around here, and I look at them every now and then, and it's like, you know, that's not me. <laughs> you know? Oh, I, I yeah, I don't look at my mirrors too much. I, I use them for feng shui mainly. So. Um, actually, actually, I've heard it said that you shouldn't really look in the mirror. You should look in a ref- a mirror's reflection of the mirror gives you a better vision of what you actually look look like. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah, yeah and I'm sense. wondering. Well, it does. I, you know, it, it's sort of like, and and like I when I do some of these interviews, you know, the camera's on, and I look at me mm-hmm. and I think, that, that doesn't look like me. And then mm-hmm. I think, well, that's okay. That's that person, and I'm fine because I'm not that person, you know. And, and it's just. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that, that there is a certain amount of ego going on with people who are doing view, you know, video as well. Oh, there is. They use filters too. You know that, Barbara. Some of these women out there look really pretty, like they've had plastic surgery, and I'm like, wow, you look so good. I'm using a filter. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you know, and that goes for anything else with the selfies. By the way, everybody looks flawless, and you know, you can do so much with the with the face now through all this little tech and apps and this that, and the other that half the time it's not the same person, you know, that they show a picture on themselves and then you see them in person, it's not even close because they've done all this modification with filters. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's even worse. At least I take a bad picture. People know what to expect. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any expectations, you know, and if I look better in person, that's even, you know, that's even better, right? But, yeah. I I hate, I hate the video stuff, but, but part of it is yeah. that, you know, I really, I want my words to mean more than people evaluating how I look right. or how my house looks behind me. And so, yeah, exactly. And they, they do. There's a peanut gallery that just, you know, picks people apart. And I, I have nothing, like, I, I that doesn't affect me. Stuff like that doesn't affect me. But it is interesting. They get sidetracked by the visuals instead of listening to the message. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and at Curious Times, Chris had somebody who literally when she co-hosted the show or hosted the show, at one point she was laying in bed eating. And it was like, oh, oh please, please. That's disgusting. That's so not professional. I can't believe oh, that's, that's even true. happening. <laughs> but oh, the cool thing is anybody can do this and and right. and do. So I know mm-hmm. at one point I, I did a show with, 
I forget. I, I forget. I called them the basement people because it looked like they were they were um, broadcasting from their basement, but it turns out they weren't. But it looked like it, mm. and it was kind of like. Afterwards, I said, "Well, this is a really good example of anybody can do a radio show." <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, and unfortunately, it kind of watered down the whole the whole area genre when it comes down to alternative media doing that sort of thing. Because it's true, anybody and their mother can do it, but but not everybody's a professional when it comes down to it. That's true. You know, being but, professional on air, on radio, that sort of thing. But look, you can even do um, you can even do Facebook. You know, apparently mm-hmm, there's a way right. of broadcasting on Facebook. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's yep. out there for anybody that wants to do it. And I think that's a oh, good yeah. thing. I, you know, to, especially with the pandemic, how else do you get out there? How else do you put yourself out there? How else do you get, mm-hmm. you know, have your message, you know? And and I would think everybody who does a radio show has a message of some sort that they want to get out there to the rest of humanity. And and mm-hmm. it's 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 a wonderful way of of doing things, and yet now they're starting to um, censor, and you know it. I mean, I even had one of my shows with with Gary Wayne taken down. Gary mm. Wayne of all people. Um, yeah, he's good. They they censored it because it was on the um, on the virus, and oh, brother. Uh, so it, it was my fault. I used a graphic of the virus. If I had not, the show would have been all mm. right. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. seriously of going back and getting it, changing the graphic, and re-putting the show up. Well, you can. Yeah. Not, Why not? It's now that, fine, yeah. Well, they'd probably censor it again. <laughs> well, sometimes there's little trolls out there that will literally flag your files and flag your videos. I had a few haters out there that were just nasty people. Actually, they work for the government, and they literally flagged a few of my... Then there was nothing wrong with my videos at all, and they flagged a couple to a point where they actually had taken them down. Yeah. It was personal. Wow. had nothing to do with what I was saying. So this is going on, and, and of course, unfortunately, YouTube will honor the people that complain instead of listening to the people who are putting the video up. And I think that's wrong, because there are a lot of sickos out there that like to flag everybody else's files and this, that, and the other, and, you know... It's ridiculous. So. Well, I had uh, Merle Fuckhauser on once, and he played a lot of his music. Now, he wrote mm-hmm. the music. He copywrote the music. So he had total total control. I mean, he, he had the right to play his music anywhere he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And for that particular video, he had given me 120 graphics. And I had it loaded in so that every minute the graphic changed. It was a it was an amazing show, and they well, took it down. And whoa. I wrote and I you know I I I complained. I said, look, he is he's the author of the music. He holds the copyright for the music. We had every right to put the music up there, and they absolutely took it down. Unbelievable! I love him. He's such a sweetheart. He is. I a love sweet Merle. Man. He is. He's always on my hyperspace show, and I thank Mark Eddy for that because I, that's, he, he put him in touch with me. He's just a little angel, and he, he just plays beautiful music. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he had his, uh, I think it was his songs for Moo or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, 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 yeah. Was the, that was the album that we were trying to promote. 
And and wow. Mark is amazing. Mark mm-hmm. Mark Mark is the best bookie ever. Oh, he is. I, I, mean, I swear, one of these days when I'm a billionaire, I'll send him a really good check. He really has sent me the most awesome guests. He really has. Really appreciate him. He knows everybody. And you too. I mean, yep. he, he's just, and, and he he works his, his, his fingers to a bone for anyone. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he yep. really, he's very helpful. he cares. Yeah, no, he is mm-hmm. he is an amazing human being. And I, I, you know, I'm so grateful that he got fired twice so I could pick him up. <laughs> yeah, I am too. Yep, he's a good egg. No, he's been he has been with me almost five years, and it doesn't feel like wow. that long at all. And, no. Um, he's just been spectacular. I cannot say more nice things about him. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he's he's helped his, the the number of people that he helps is just profound um i agree he 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 finds he finds guests for people who have podcasts and are you know needing somebody right away and he finds places where people who are promoting stuff you know he he he's i think he's arranged almost 15 or 16 um interviews for me to be on other people's shows to promote mm-hmm. um before you know, after no, what is it? Terrible. Um, before before um, Roswell. God, the name. Oh of the yeah, book and you're going to be on my show, Hyperspace. By the way, just a reminder. I am. You will be on Hyperspace on the tenth. Yes. Correct. Double check my calendar. Yes. So I'm looking what, forward to it. I'm going to have to polish polish myself up for that interview. Through <laughs> 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 your your book with a fine tooth comb. <laughs> I, I I suspect we will get off topic almost right away, but oh, um, I hope not. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's a, it's a it's a it's it's actually the cool thing about it is that um, Ken Godsworth called me and asked if he could use some of the material on my website that had been on Patrick's website, and when I had to take Patrick's website down, I brought over. Um, a lot of the UFO stuff and put it on my website. And I, you know, I told him to go ahead, you know, so long as he was putting it out there and that was a good thing. And then he called me back again and he said, would you like to co-author the book? And I said, so nice. sure. So we co-authored and, you know, there were places where he wrote something and I wrote something, you know, and, and they plugged together beautifully. And and in essence, the research work was all done by Patrick. So um, wow, how nice! It really is great. I I am delighted that the material is getting out there. And you know, with retros in retrospect, now Patrick's been gone for oh at least ten years now, and you know, a lot of new research is available, and so we were able to put more material into the into the records so that so that. Uh, you know, before Roswell has a lot more material in it than than once it did, and you know, even the founding fathers, some of them believed in in other worlds and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. George Washington had a vision at Valley Forge, and you know, it, it's uh, it's exciting to to be able to go into some of that. Um, never never thought about publishing it, and Ken did, and and so he's. You know, I, I I absolutely credit him with the 
with the thought of, of putting it out there in book form. And if it hadn't mm-hmm. been for Mark Eddy, I never would have met Ken. And Ken is the one that is republishing the Cosmic Deck and the book that will go with it. So, um, you know, it, it's it, you meet amazing people when you're when you're doing stuff that you're excited about. And Mark mm-hmm. is, you know. Mark has been the the middleman for a lot of the things, uh, a lot of the people that that I've had on the show for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's awesome. He, Good old Mark. Absolutely. Yes. Well, he may be. He's probably doing twenty other things as well. But um, and he's writing a book that that oh, is really. It's scholarly, though. That's the problem. Oh. Oh, it doesn't um, matter. I it's archaeological. What is it? Um, mm. It's archaeological, and it's about. Um, mm-hmm. I've read the first twenty pages. I actually understood them, but it's over a hundred pages. And I uh, and I said to him, "I'll help in any way I can, but please don't make me read the whole thing." Um, <laughs> nice. I mean, it's, he's he he is he's a great writer. So yeah. um, ask, ask for a synopsis and then interview him on it. I will. Um, I will. I'd love to. Yeah. And I, I think, I think Ken is going to publish it for him. So, it's, uh, it's nice. going to broaden, broaden Ken's scope for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. But Mark deserves he he deserves so much more credit than he gets, and and um, mm-hmm. you know, he's such a good person. There aren't that many of he them around. No, they're yeah. not. And actually, it's funny. Because I never physically met him. Well, I haven't met you physically, but it feels like we've known each other forever. I mean, it's a spirit thing there. So uh-huh. same thing with Mark, you know, just a wonderful being. Yeah. He really is. Too bad if he's not listening. It's too bad. I have to make him listen. <laughs> That's right. He's in a blush. No. He's just talking about him. Well, <clears throat> no, he's, he, he almost always listens because every now and then I will – you know, like most people, I will be talking and I will, there's a word that I can't find and he usually knows what word it is and he'll type it into mm-hmm. Skype for me so that I so that I sound semi-intelligent. But, no, his, yeah, the paper helpful. he's writing, I mean, he's doing all sorts of research in, in uh, museums and stuff like that. So it's about ancient artifacts and stuff like that. Oh, wonderful. And, I definitely want to read it. Uh, I, I think, yes, I uh, you can read it. I'll just, okay. I'll just brag about him. <laughs> okay. I, I I did the first twenty pages. I honestly read it. So. Um, nice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, but but let's let's get back to topic for just a couple minutes because I do want people mm-hmm. to, to to, understand that that when talking about love, we're talking about the spiritual aspect of it more than the physical aspect of it actually because at least in my in my view um the spiritual aspect of love is is that of creation and it doesn't necessarily have to have a physical aspect to it you can love someone to pieces and not be physical with them um mhm and 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 people can be physical and not have the spiritual aspect, but it's when you bring the two together that magic happens in your life. And I think that's what everybody is looking for that magic and not understanding if they don't feel it. Because and if that's the case, check out 
just which aspect is missing and and, and work on it with your partner because it, it it's something that can certainly be fixed can be remedied if both of you recognize there's a there there's an emptiness there you know you can either you know work on the physical or work on the spiritual but but once you bring the two of those aspects together then the concept of love takes on a whole another meaning and mm-hmm. you know it's more than it's more than avocados and peaches and cream and and ice cream and stuff like that it's it's a deeper more sensuous more spiritual feeling that that floods you and and i think that mm-hmm. it, just the physical just the physical aspect does not flood you with an emotion and so so that's where sometimes looking for what's what's missing in yourself that you can enhance that will enhance the concept of love within your life. Mhm. Well said. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I think you know, today everything is so cold and and almost emotionless. There's so much mm-hmm. going on in the world that is horrifying that that we really are missing out on the sweetness and the gentleness and the tenderness and the and and, and that wonderful aspect of of spiritual excitement within you that 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 we're not we're not getting because we're seeing in the news especially so much awful so many awful things happening mm-hmm. that yeah. it it's hard to take yourself out of out of the sadness that you you can see with the war in Ukraine and what's happening in Ohio and and in other places in the United States and and it's quite a, sort of like you know what's happening to this world what's happening to this country right. it almost seems loveless yeah. right there I mean there's real detachment from spirit from love and universal love so well, something really about it. what really ticks me off. And since we only have 10 minutes, we, we can't go too deeply into it. But the fact that our government is sending billions of dollars to fight a war, and there's a town in this country that is that is terrified of what's happened, and our government is doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, to it's me, there's, there's, there's something wrong with that picture. There's something horribly wrong with that picture. And and. Mm-hmm. I don't begrudge the government sending war stuff over to the Ukraine so that the war doesn't hit our shores. You know, I don't want that at all. But but these people in Ohio are not Republicans and Democrats. They're Americans. And we're not mm-hmm, taking right. care of them. I, I went on um, GoFundMe, and there are a couple of pages set up for the people of that town. Mm-hmm. And and you know I did donate some money there because I would want I want to do something but I don't know what and I don't know you know I don't know what their needs are I don't know how to help I you mm-hmm. know possibly just saying something on the radio tonight these are these are American citizens who are being ignored and mm-hmm. it seems to me our government owes them a tremendous amount yes the train. You know the company that ran the train owes them too, but our government owes them something, and mm-hmm. they should they should stop trying to fuel 
um, a war and, and, and start taking care of the citizens. And I would hope, I would pray that when election time comes around, everybody notices what our government is not doing that it should be doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially with that. It's, it's, it's sort of like, I mean, how would you feel if suddenly your house wasn't safe, your water wasn't safe? Mark was saying that they were capping the wells. Why? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. you yeah. know, and you know, their water supply is obviously contaminated. So, I, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, what what is going to happen to that town? Is it going to be like Chernobyl? Where everybody has to move out, and it's it's basically just a wasteland for what the next couple mm-hmm. thousand years. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely something suspicious about the whole scenery. And I think the biggest thing is that movie they put out prior, that was in the same town. I mean, it was a train wreck, and just just the coincidence. You can't make this stuff up, you know. The stuff that happens, the parallels yeah. that happen. It comes down to that. It is horrifying. Very strange. Yeah. Really weird, but yeah, we've, we're dealing with some strange here. I mean, this is very—I uh, don't know. I was telling you the, the winds, the elements, the weather patterns are very weaponized. They just don't feel right. Hostile, almost, you know. Well, and and you know, it's after the last election where Biden campaigned from his basement. I'm wondering if that same cartel that got him into power will get him into power again in spite of everything that people are saying about him that is true. Well, I think so, at that point, if he gets in, now this whole country is in the sewer. It's going to go, I, I, I just can't imagine it recovering. I land, think there will country. be, and I, I, I think we are in line for an American revolution. Mm-hmm. Well, it certainly should be. Well, about that. I, I, you know, well, it's a wait and see. It's a wait and see. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with the next election. We'll see if it feels fair, and and uh, go from there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last the last time I voted, I don't think my vote counted. We have wow. uh, voting voting machines here where they give you this paper you put into the computer. You make your choices. Then you take it out of the computer and you take it over and and record it, and the paper was blank. Mm-hmm. There was no mark mm-hmm. on it at all, and they kept saying, "Oh, it's it's impr- it's imprinted there." You know, it it is imprinted. And I thought, I didn't vote. There's nothing on this paper, and I am being wow. like a stupid, you know. And and I I'm going to be very. Um, confrontational this next time there's an election because if you give me a blank paper I put it in the computer I make my choices I I put record and then I take the paper out and it's totally blank and I take it over someplace else and they say oh it counts it's here no I think and I think something like that is going on almost in every town city and state in the country Mm mm-hmm probably yeah not to be trusted not reliable (laughs) No, and yet, you know, we go along with it because they say, oh, don't worry, your your vote's being counted. No, it's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It, it's just unbelievable. So 
So let's give out your information as to where people can find you. Well, they can find me over at Night Shadow Anomaly Detectives. I'm at Hyperspace on KCUR on uh, 12 midnight Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Pacific on Friday, and on Raven Star's Witching Hour on Saturday at Freelance.com Studio A. And thank you, Barbara. This is an awesome show, another another wonderful show. I appreciate being here with you tonight. It's, it is a lot of fun. So who do you have on your show next? I have, uh, for Hyperspace, I have Mr. Rowe, and then you're going to be on, on Hyperspace the week after. So, yeah, it should be fun. Very fun. Yes, no prep work. <laughs> That's right. I'll be prepping. <laughs> That's you know that it's it's funny because I think being on other people's shows is really a lot more fun because you don't have to really do any prepping because mm-hmm. you're the topic, which is really kind of right. cool. Yeah, get but, to uh, and relax. Yes, like yeah, and not get dressed up. Not get dressed. That's right. There's no video. We're good. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, well, I think we're done and, and I, I your it's your choice for the next topic for the end of March. So yeah. we'll come up with something very cool. Okay. Well we stayed to topic a lot longer than usual tonight. So. We did. Bravo. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. well I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thanks. This is always as always, a pleasure having you on. And likewise, Barbara. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Good night. Okay, everybody. Uh, show tomorrow night with um, I have um, Michael Carter on, and we'll be talking about his new book. So tune in, stay with us, and don't forget to subscribe when you get a chance. Thanks a lot. Good night. <laughs>